This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gooners. We're back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Arsenal Daily Transfer Series, the Arsenal Transfer Show, in which we look at the latest Arsenal Transfer news, keep you guys up to date with everything that's going on, react to it, try to make sense of the chaos and get your thoughts, of course, too, in the live chat box as well. Good morning. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing good. As we witnessed probably what was the best game of the European Championship so far, Plenty of excitement, plenty of drama. England winning is what I'm talking about. No, of course I'm not. The Netherlands-Ukraine game was absolutely fantastic. Um, Really good game. Finally, kind of something to spark maybe the tournament to life a little bit. Um, And it's been needed, I think. Um, Something that's going to really bring some exciting matches going forward. It's been quite cagey so far. Minimal goals in games. But that game yesterday really did kind of light the fire. Maybe it could be the fuse uh, for the tournament being burst. So fingers crossed it will be. Um, But I hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing well. And of course, we are here to kick off the Arsenal transfer news. However, as we have found throughout the tournament uh, so far is that Arsenal's transfers have been slowing down uh, a little bit. And so I don't want to just make stuff up or find some really silly rumours. I mean, sometimes uh, the whole point of the show is to basically give you guys what I think are the credible stuff and talk about more stuff, which is has got a little bit of substance to it. So, I mean, links to Van der Beek, links with Kieran Tierney to Man City, these types of things I'm not really going to talk about and I'm not going to just put them in for filler. So I'd rather try and add something that I think is... Um, beneficial to you and so at the start of each show during the European Championships I thought it might be quite a nice idea to just throw out some players that you should be looking at from an Arsenal perspective and then we'll go into the Arsenal transfers immediately after it'll take literally a minute and it might give you some insight into who you should be watching today so kicking off with the first game Scotland against the Czech Republic obviously we should be keeping an eye on Kieran Tierney uh, and for the Czech Republic keep an eye on Vashlik the goalkeeper he's not been playing loads severe because of Bono being there however what you can look at with Vashlik is someone that maybe is an option for Arsenal's backup keeper 
should Matt Ryan not be signed by Arsenal this summer? We then look at Poland against Slovakia, and we've got uh, Piotr Zielinski, certainly someone I had on my alternative list to Emi Buendia that we put out before. And Milos Skriniar, uh, the Slovakian centre-back, is by far and away their best player and someone that has been linked with a number of clubs in the Premier League. And if Arsenal are in the market for a centre-back, this guy would certainly be an additional quality, uh, or rather an addition of quality to the team that is certainly needed. And for the final game, Sweden against Spain, Marcos Llorente is really excited at Atletico Madrid this season and someone that maybe a lot of clubs are going to be keeping an eye on. And from an Arsenal perspective, Alexander Isaac from Sweden has been linked to the club as well. We've done a tactical breakdown on him. We've focused on him specifically. He is someone that's expected maybe to have a bit of a breakout tournament. So you should definitely be keeping an eye on him. Let's move on to the main bulk of the show, which is, of course, the Arsenal transfer news, however, and starting off with Granit Xhaka. Granit Xhaka, of course, the man who has divided plenty of opinions at Arsenal, and it seems to be that he's dividing opinions not only within the fan base, but within also looking at Roma and Arsenal, who can't seem to agree on a figure for this guy. Supposedly, talks at this moment in time have stalled. Neither team can come to a solid agreement. There were reports previously about a week ago that there was a deal done and it was already in place, but apparently Arsenal have rejected now two offers from Roma for the Swiss international. Uh, and this could go uh, a little bit longer, maybe towards uh, the point where Switzerland have been eliminated from the European Championships and more negotiations can take place then. Um, but I imagine this one that seemingly is going to rumble a little bit uh, longer than it was expected. Switzerland and I think Roma and Xhaka wanted to see this deal done before the championship started. That's not been able to happen because Arsenal are holding out, which is good. I think we need to look at this as a good thing. For too long, Arsenal just accepted low fees for players. And this time around, clearly, we're making a bit of a difference. So I think that is ultimately important to factor in and see it as a positive thing for sure. Let's move on to the next one, which is a lot around the same players we've looked upon over the last week or so, Matteo Genduzzi. Now, a report by Le Ten Sport in, in France yesterday came out and saying that Arsenal are again being very stubborn about this deal. They are not willing to accept any offers less than 10 million euros for Genduzzi, which Marseille are struggling to come up with and to agree with right now. And you can understand why with a guy that's got a year left on this deal, although there were reports that maybe Arsenal have the option to extend that year uh, by another, and so therefore improving his value to the club and how hard it is for teams to get him out of Arsenal. But I think it's certainly one that eventually will happen. It's just Arsenal are trying to get the right price. So once again, doing a good bit of business. It makes a nice change from an Arsenal perspective to see us going a little bit more stubborn with how we're trying to do our deals this summer. Let's move on to the next one then and start looking at possible uh, players that have been obviously away from the club last season and done very well, like Joe Willock. Linked with a move to Newcastle almost immediately as he started doing well. And reports that came out about two weeks ago where they were saying that Newcastle's spending is not going to be too great this summer. Some reports have come out even more recently to state to the contrary and saying that Newcastle will have around £50 million to spend in the upcoming transfer window, which would be more than enough money to tempt Joe Willock and Arsenal into selling him. Arsenal are supposedly looking for a fee of at least £20 million to even start negotiations, and that could rise to upwards of £25 million. And if that's the case, is that the right price? Should you let Joe Willock go for that amount of money after that loan deal that we've just seen? 
Is there any guarantees that he comes back and is able to replicate that form? I'm not sure. I'd like him to stay. I'd like him to get a chance. But there's always that kind of feeling inside me and that worrying apprehension of what happened with Ainsley Maitland-Niles. We got a good bid. We turned it down. And then he wasn't really able to say solidify a place in the Arsenal team and wasn't has well his value has certainly dropped now since that point. And we may struggle to get a similar fee, and we're not going to really have a place for him next season. So it's it's finding that balance between which one is is the right move to go for for Arsenal. And I'm not sure whether or not Arsenal can afford to turn down a significant bid from Newcastle, especially in a market where we need to spend plenty of money to get in lots of quality players this summer let's move on to the next story which revolves around these two strikers that you may have seen playing yesterday Valder Veghorst and Roman Yuremchuk both of them scored in the game for the Netherlands against Ukraine two players that have been touted as possible Arsenal striker targets this summer more so the Ukrainian striker uh, Yuremchuk I thought personally that Yuremchuk absolutely outshone Veghorst in the game. His link-up play was better. His finishing was better. Veghorst marking and defensive ability, of course, you don't really link that towards a striker, but it's important they need to stay switched on at set pieces. And Veghorst certainly nearly cost the game for the Netherlands when he let Yuremchuk in with a fantastic header. But I thought Yuremchuk's link-up play in a way, a couple of like uh, cheeky little flicks and, and tricks and in the final third nearly set up a few chances. Uh, for Ukraine, I thought he was excellent. Where Veghorst, I thought he kind of struggled to get into the game. The chances that he got, obviously, he did end up taking one. It was very fortunate, I think, that it wasn't given offside. It was a very strange incident that you saw coming. It looked like it came off Dumfries for a second, and he was definitely blocking the view of the goalkeeper. But he must have been onside, surely, in that case. But got a little bit fortunate there. Um, but it's, it's. I think it's if Arsenal are going in for a striker, then they should seriously consider Roman Yuremchuk. This is not analysis based off one game. I've been looking at this guy for a while. I've been suggesting him for a while and been writing about him in some articles for a while as well. So you should keep an eye on him throughout the rest of the tournament and see how he develops and if he can drag Ukraine through uh, to a second place position in the group with wins over Austria and North Macedonia is what's going to be needed. So that's that one. Let's move on to our final main transfer story of the day, which revolves around Nabil Fekir. Now, Arsenal have, of course, been linked to quite a number of uh, attacking midfielders this summer window. And this is no different today because, once again, the French international, not at the tournament with France this summer, but has previously obviously played for the, uh, the French national side, Nabil Fekir, has been linked with another move for uh, it's around, or well, we haven't been given a figure specifically, but previous reports by Charles Watts back in, I think it was March, all the way back in March or April, said that uh, Real Betis would be available uh, for negotiation at around £26 million for Fekir, which when you think about the fact that he's a very good player, he's been very instrumental in La Liga, he's 26, 27 years of age, He's very good. Um, £26 million is a very reasonable figure um, in this market, to be honest, for these types of players. And so therefore, if Arsenal are interested, that's the fee that they're going to have to pay for Nabil Fekir. And I think he is someone of real quality. He's completely different to the style of player that we've had at the club. We've had the likes of Erdogan, Smith-Rowe. Fekir is a lot more direct, a lot more kind of motivated to try and score goals himself. He does still create and has shown that, I think, with three goals, three assists, um, this season. I think he can, if he was playing in a better team, 
have much, much um, kind of a more of an influence on the game. He had suffered with the previous serious knee injury back at Leon. He's not suffered with many injuries at all at Real Betis and hasn't missed too much time uh, at Real Betis. So injury is not certainly something that you should be too concerned about. I, don't, I get very kind of hung up on the injury situation because we've seen someone like Partey never have an injury problem, come to Arsenal, have an injury problem. Yes, knee injuries are a big issue in the past, but if you're not seeing that re kind of that that repetition of injuries after the knee injury has happened and he hasn't suffered with serious problems at Betis since he's been there, that's not really something that I would be looking at. But he is something that I think Arsenal are going to be looking at seriously along with a long list of players this summer. So that concludes the main bulk of the news for today, meaning that we do move on, of course, to the final section of the show, which is your guys' thoughts and feelings in the chat box. So if you have got a question, if you have got a thought or a feeling, please make sure you get them into the chat box and we will try and answer as many of your questions as feasibly possible. Uh, Philip says, I have been saying since January, why have we not been interested in Phillips? He is class and powerful. I did expect this link to come up almost immediately and see people start shouting from the rooftops that we should be going signing Calvin Phillips after seeing him play very well for England yesterday. He was arguably our best player. According to Jermaine Genius, that was 80% of the facts because he was really good at fouling the opposition, if you were listening to the BBC commentary. Um, but I, I don't think that the fee that you would see associated with Phillips is is going to be worth the player, if that makes sense. I like him. I think he's very good. But for, for the figure that I think that Leeds would ask for, which is easily going to be upwards of £50 million, I'm not sure that's worth going. The same way I wouldn't go for Martin Erdegaard for that price. I just don't think it's, it's worth the player right now, especially when you've got someone like Ruben Neves around who's worth £35 million. You can get him for maybe even less than that. I don't think Phillips gives you any more than what Ruben Neves does. I mean, if you look at them statistically, you look at them comparably, we've done a lot of work on Ruben Neves. Um, and I think that his passing, his control of the game, his technical ability, the way he finds balls into the box, the same as Phillips can. I don't think he's, he's any more or less impressive than Phillips and is available for what could be just under half the price of Phillips uh, or just rather over half the price of Phillips and what he would cost with the, the English base side of things and stuff like that. I think Phillips is a great player. And would I take him? Yes, I would. I just don't think we would be able to afford the price that Leeds would put on Phillips in the summer. And you could probably see off if he has a really good tournament, you can see one of the big boys going in for him as well and blowing Arsenal completely out of the water with any kind of bid. Um, Vuk uh, says never could figure out Fakir sometimes he seems like a great player sometimes it's like he's not in the game will you do a tactical breakdown for him I'm going to try my best to do a tactical breakdown for him don't you worry Guna72 says Tom do you think that we are in danger of Saliba going if Ben White is in the pipeline absolutely not um, there is no way that just because a signing in that centre-back area is made means that Saliba's going to go. I think there is an obsession around Saliba at the moment. I think that people are very much worried about him never being able to play in an Arsenal shirt. He'll play in an Arsenal shirt if he deserves it by coming back and playing in pre-season doing well. Based upon that loan deal that we've seen, he certainly has earned a right to a chance to play in an Arsenal shirt next season. But it doesn't mean that Arsenal shouldn't be ruthless with this squad and go and buy a good centre-back like Ben White if there is available because it's better than everyone else at the club already. He had a better season than Gabriel. He had a better season than Holding. And so, therefore, if we're able to go and get someone of that quality and that potential, 
go and do it. Just because Saliba's there shouldn't stop you from doing that. And there's always the chance they could play together because Saliba has played on the left-hand side a lot and Ben White's played more on the right-hand side. So there's loads of scope to play both of them together. Uh, HGM says, blessings, Tom. Any news on Depay? Additionally, I believe the cold weather has an increased impact on injuries. Just a thought, maybe so. Regarding Depay, absolutely none for Arsenal. Um, Barcelona are still very much interested in Depay, but Juventus have also offered a attractive contract offer to him as well. So he's going to have to make that decision. He got rid of his agent, so he's negotiating stuff himself with a close group of people around him, I imagine. Um, but my prediction will be he eventually ends up at Barca, but Juve are supposedly pushing hard for a free deal for him from Leon. Uh, Real Yanis says, is it just me or is football becoming a bit dull because of the micromanagement and not allowing players to express themselves? Good question. Maybe for some teams. I think there are others where teams are given more freedom. I mean, you look at Joe Willock at Newcastle, how much freedom he was given. Maybe that's an example of saying when you give a player more ability to roam and do what they do they can be much more influential in the game do we micromanage Arteta seems to certainly do that a little bit too much and maybe next season he can give the guys a bit more freedom Arsene Wenger used to give the players a lot of freedom and it would annoy the fan base why are you not getting up why are you not shouting at the players why are you just sitting in your chair why are you being loyal to these guys why are you not making subs he used to let them just play and now we're gone the completely different end of the spectrum and now we're complaining that they're shouting too much at the players and they're not letting them have enough freedom so it is interesting how things change very quickly uh, abe says do you fancy doing a breakdown on your or locatelli the locatelli links are quite um loose right now um if there is a legitimate link that comes through that arsenal are really looking at him then I'll step up the, the tactical breakdown on him for the moment I'm just going to chill on that one same with your we were linked to him from a, a decent source back in March, that's gone very quiet. I think that's gone quiet because of we don't really know what's going on with the Lacazette situation, the striker situation. But he is certainly someone that I think that if Arsenal were to get linked with, it's a really kind of a smart move. Young, really very different to what we've already got. Good in the air, good with the ball at his feet as well. Uh, not slow uh, whatsoever uh, and good link up as well. So I think he's certainly a target. But if we get linked... To those two, Locatelli and to Yeremchuk in more kind of credibility and more ferocity, then we will step up the efforts and do a tactical breakdown on those two. But not for the moment until we see some more. I'm not just going to do it for the views. I'm going to do it when it's the right time to do it and there's legitimate links with Arsenal to those players. Uh, no sleep says at least 30 million with add-ons or buyback for Willock. Otherwise, keep. Why should we sell our players cheaply? Ben White going for 50 million. Is he worth it? No clubs. If no clubs are going to pay it. Then there you go. It's I mean, the, at the end of the day, the demand should what sets the price. It should be what the demand of the players that are, or the rather the clubs that are willing to pay. That's what's going to set your price. Um, obviously, the selling club has got a, a big control over that. But if there's no one coming in for a player that you want to sell, it's very different for a player that you don't want to sell. So with Ben White, selling club, don't want to sell him, got more control. Player like Kalasanac, player like Genduzi, player like Granit Xhaka, Arsenal are much more willing to sell them then usually the demand is is more so setting the price. But we'll wait and see. Um, Mitchell says, Tom Fakir has a dead man's hamstring, doesn't he? Failed a medical at Liverpool. I mean, just because a player fails a, med a medical somewhere a few years back and goes on to have a really successful career is not something I'd get hung up upon, to be honest. Uh, Yael says, any updates on Max Ahrens? None. It's gone very quiet. Arsenal certainly have him on their list of potential right-backs, but he's not. Is there's no talks, there's no bids, there's no nothing right now, uh, which is a shame because I really wanted us to, to push for that area. 
Um, Guna72 says football supporters are fickle bunch and we Gunas are terrible for this. 100%. Jashar Josiah says, Tom, did you say that you were going to do a tactical breakdown on our current players? Yes. I think, Jashar, what we'll do is, is when the Euros are over, when the transfer news has died down a bit and there's more space to do those types of shows, we certainly will. Lone players, young players throughout the season, we'll do that as well. Uh, this is not Alex says, if Willock was Newcastle's player with the way he played for them, they would be asking for at least 35 million. Agreed. Uh, Adam says, transfer reporting seemingly uh, deprioritized with the Euros, but it doesn't mean the work behind the scenes isn't going on. Exactly. There is still talks going on. However, it's harder and much slower to get those deals kind of done because the players are so focused on the tournament and they're basically if you're a player at the Euros and you're focused on that and your agents come at you with kind of deals and bids and stuff you're just like look just let me finish the Euros and we'll move on from there unless it is something like ridiculous like with the Sancho United situation Alberto says Tom do you think the links of Ben White could change to a back three yeah we talked about this the other day I think there is all the scope in the world that Arsenal may look to change to a back three always got that potential uh, Mr. Harrison Carnaby says, hey, Tom, uh, is there a good stat for measuring the pace of a player's moves uh, and how fast he moves the ball forward? Xhaka is a progressive passer, but I find he holds the ball and fails to move it on quickly. Uh, tricky one, isn't it? Um, how they, how quickly they move the ball on. Is there a specific statistic that you can use? I mean, when we look at the analytics of passing and we look at where they pass the ball, so to the final third, to the box, uh, forward to backward ratios and, uh, and accuracy, of course. But how quickly they move the ball is is not something that you really have a stat for. It's very difficult to to kind of measure that without the test. That's why on the tactical breakdowns, I always get an expert on. And so we're not just looking at statistics. I want to get the expert on to talk about the player and give us the eye test from their perspective. So I'm not. It's very, very difficult um, to to do that. I think so. We will have to wait and see and, and see if there's any metrics that ever become available if the technology changes, so that we can start measuring that. Anyway, let's round off today's show. There only a quick one today, which is absolutely fine. It's always good to just uh, keep things compact at times. I'll be back. Maybe a little bit later on with a tactical breakdown for you guys on some of the transfer targets. Maybe Nabil Fekir, seeing as the links are a lot more legit with him and have been in the past as well in comparison to some other players. Other than that, I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. to give you guys all the latest Arsenal transfer information of what there is. Enjoy the rest of the football today. Fingers crossed Sweden can get a result over Spain. You don't usually see me saying that, but I do have them in my other sweepstakes. So fingers crossed Sweden can get a result. Czech Republic as well over Scotland. Sorry, my Scottish friends, but I have got the Czech Republic in my other sweepstakes too. So I need those guys to pull through. Um, fingers crossed we can see a good win for the guys in the tournaments today and some good games as well, of course. I will see you guys very, very soon, I am sure. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. Drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it and subscribe to the channel as always. It's been a pleasure and I'll see you very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.